BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple of Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in Season 3, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, It's a beautiful Alyssa. day. Is it? Is it? <laughs> this just whole vibe feels weird, though, because I feel like we usually end up recording in the evening, and now it's, like, first thing in the morning, and it's just, it's a whole different animal. Yeah, you're getting to see, like, a brand new side of us. Mm. Um I am not a morning person. Me either. <laughs> so you're welcome to that. Um, yeah, it's it's strange for sure. Okay, but this is what um, I feel like this really connects to like what we're gonna like just chat about before we get into the episode because so I'm not I'm not a morning person, um, but I'm finding it like harder and harder to go to sleep at like a normal time in the evenings because it gets so dark i know like it's like at three o'clock the sun is just like peace like i'm done for the day i and know it's like so i just want to go to sleep so early like i have no desire to do anything I, um well i don't understand why this is such a shock to me every single year like this has I happened know. every year for my lifetime so like i should know that it'll feel like 11 at 7 around this time of year but like it shocks me every single winter because yeah, I never it's, learn. It's very jarring. Yeah. Like, it, I think, like, once we get into winter, winter, like, you're, it kind of becomes, You adjust like, okay, again. Whatever. Yeah. But, right, this whole, like, kind of transition period is just, like, what the fuck is going on with the world? And then I think of, like, people that live, you know, where it's, like, 24-7 sunlight or 24-7 darkness Can't sometimes. Can't do it. Like, Could not do it. Jesus. Um, but, yeah, that gets us to kind of what we're going to, like, chat about today because it is winter is coming and um it's it's <laughs> that phrase is ruined and, like it's it's ruined God, now i know <laughs> um it's not one of our comfort shows game of thrones but we're gonna talk about like just like comforting entertainment that everyone you know that you guys love that we love um like just shows that you could like watch over and over especially when you're like needing a bit of like you need a, like a warm hug and these like entertainment shows and and these films like do it for you. So Alyssa, like what's something like you like always go to? Well, I usually around fall, I I used I will say this. I used to be a very much like a Gilmore Girls girl in the fall, mm. but after the revival, I kind of struggled with it. Because Rory is so awful, and I just, it's a hard, it's hard for me. So I haven't revisited that, but another show that I definitely sort of, whenever I need a pick-me-up, or like you said, like a warm hug of a show, I usually reach for Pushing Daisies, um, which is just one of my all-time faves. So good. If you haven't watched it, go watch Pushing Daisies. It's wonderful. It's about a pie maker who has the ability to raise the dead. And while that sounds creepy, it's very not creepy. <laughs> it's maybe really a little, maybe a little bit, but the like premise it's, is, the premise but... is dark, but the show is not. Um, so that's one that I find myself like reaching towards, and then. Um, I love a good sitcom like Parks and Recreation or Shits mm. Creek has been like a rather new, um, I say rather new, within the year. It's been one that I've like really fallen in love with. So that's been added to the roster. Um, and then if we're talking movies, I feel like ones that I rewatch a lot are like Wayne's World and The Princess Bride. So oh those those are movies love. like if I'm having a bad day, I'll put those on and like I'll feel a lot better. A Princess Bride is just like so iconic, so classic. It's hilarious. It's got romance. Ugh. 
It's all you don't could want in a movie. Do, don't ever redo The Princess Bride. Oh, I heard, I saw on Twitter that there was like whispers about that a while back and God, like what a mistake. What a mistake oh. that would be. Well, like, um, I think, I think Carrie and Robin both were like, no, no, like, don't do you're that. Not do it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, 100% agree. Princess Bride is uh, like such a great re- rewatch because like you catch like so many jokes. I don't know. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Schitt's Creek for me is like the best like comfort watch. That yeah. Office. Oh, I think yeah. Because there's humor and especially with Office, there's like tons of episodes. I want something that I like. It's like short and like bingeable, but it's like I can keep watching. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't want too much drama. I don't want like you know, Netflix to be like, are you still watching? I just want to keep And you're like, yes, I am. It. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't fucking judge my choices. Sure, it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and I've already watched, like, you know, five hours of this. Um, but I think, like, if we're talking movies, um, and, like, it's pretty much, like, any kind of, like, Jane Austen adaptation. Oh, my God, me um, Pride too. and Prejudice. Like, yes. But the Kira Knightley version. I like them both. <sighs> I like them both. Actually, I, did you good. see on yeah. Twitter how there was, like, a war yes. over which Darcy was the best? Yeah, and I'm not going to go there, okay? Like, that's, I think, why are we, like, causing friction for mm. no reason? Right. Like, they're both All Darcy's are great Darcy's. <laughs> like, I love them both for different reasons. Hello. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not going to wade into that one, but I feel like... It, Whichever Pride and Prejudice you like best. I also um, really love Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. I think that might be oh, my favorite. So that might be my very favorite Jane Austen adaptation because I think it's better than the book, which mm. is rare. But I really think her screenplay is so good that it kind of punches up a book that is a little dry at times. Yeah, true. Um, I really enjoy Emma. Which yeah. is like it's been on Hulu right now, so it's I've been so like just good. rewatching. Yeah, I'm. Ugh, I mean, it's crazy because like it's it's Gwyneth Paltrow who's fine, but like, I like her in that not, movie. I think she's great in that movie. Now, well, yeah, um, <laughs> but she's fantastic in that movie. Yeah, and it's she's just really so, good. And Tony Collette is in it. Ugh, I feel gosh. like we may have talked about this movie before, but like we've talked about this. It deserves but, it deserves a second mention. It's a great movie. Yeah. So like. You know, basic white girl shit over here. Listen, but it's, just, it's fine. Aren't we all basic white girls sometimes? At our like, core. inside. Right. From time <laughs> to time. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we're about to do a real tonal shift from Jane Austen to whatever the fuck is going on on The Last Kingdom in this episode. Jesus, it's a so doozy. Much. So episode four of the third season begins with a fight, which is great. I love a good fight. Love it. Love it when they make the square. I told you I wanted bloodshed. And what did they give us? They gave us the Kind of. Well, they kind of gave you bloodshed. But I feel like it was kind of like a hint. And then they ripped it away before there was a good good bloodletting. But yeah. yeah. It's like they knew like, okay, this is what they want. But like we can't really get rid of this blood hair character just yet. Because he's going to like do some things. Right. So yeah. Needed to needed to keep him around. But yeah, so Uhtred and Bloodhair make the square to face off for Skade. And it is it is a dirty fight. Like Bloodhair is cheating and his men are helping. And after a while, Finnan is like, all right, screw it. If they're not going to fight fair, I'm not going to fight fair. So he starts helping Uhtred a bit. It's a messy one. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <sighs> okay, one, it's just such a bad look that these like two dudes are like, you know, fighting to the death for this chick that's been so petty. To, like, one too many Coachellas. Ugh, know? yes. And, <laughs> and then these, like, they're, I don't know. It really bugged me because it's like, I know that, like, I'm not saying, like, the Danes are, like, you know, peak nobility and honor, but I feel like when you make the square, that's like, there are rules. That's, there's rules to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't appreciate the cheating. I hate, I hated that, yeah. and I loved when Finnan was like, you know what, fuck this, yeah. I'm gonna go headbutt this dude, get my <laughs> bro's sword back for him, like, ugh, god, and, like, and through all of this, Rita is over here, 
like just being blood hair's like total cheerleader like, i know sh- like shouting at the top of her lungs like kill him like you know talking about utrid and i'm just like what the f happened i mean brita brita is loyal to a point but the second you cross her you are dead to her so yeah. the fact that Utrid is like sticking by Athelfled instead of remaining with them like she wants him dead now um but yeah like it's a real messy fight and then Utrid gets the upper hand and when he's about to kill Bloodhair and Bloodhair's like ready to die like he grabs his sword he's gonna accept his punishment Ragnar puts an end to it because he quote-unquote doesn't want to lose a man before the fight it's over no It's not over until he's dead. I say it is over. I demand my woman. I will not lose one single man before the true battle has even begun. It is over. It is done. Take what belongs to you. So I just, you know, I kind of question what he was doing there. Like, I don't know if he wanted to, like, take that victory away from Uhtred or if he really cared whether or not Bloodhair died or what. But Ragnar was all up in his feelings and he took it out on the fight. Ooh, yeah, I think, I don't know if he would have done the same if Uhtred had been, like, the one on the ground, mm. like, ready to kind of go to Valhalla. I right. think, I think Ragnar's, like, smart enough to realize that Bloodhair has got men, he's got some, like, value, like, sure. he needs to keep him around. But I do think, I feel like most of it is probably influenced by the fact that, like, he didn't want to see Uhtred win. Like, mm-hmm. he's pissed off at him. Yeah. Um, he's just disowned him. So... Yeah, I think it was kind of, like, twofold. It's so insulting, like, you have to think as a Dane to, like, have, like, you know, survived to this, like, square in this battle and someone else takes your kill from you. That's, like, the worst thing you can do Yeah, as a, like, Viking warrior. So I think it's a bit petty. Um, And they send, you know, they send Uhtred and the crew off. Like, Brita, again, just going overboard (laughs) with this whole thing. Yeah. throws a spear at at Uhtred's head. I'm just like, I missed on purpose. <laughs> I won't miss next time. Like, he gets it. You're super mad and dead to him. Like, <laughs> yeah. He gets it. We've established he is nothing to you. Right. Like, it's a it's a lot. The, it is the a lot. anger and like the this I you know, they're they have this sense that they've been betrayed by him. And so that's, you know, of course how you react as a Viking, I guess. You throw spears at people. Mm-hmm. Um so, so they leave, and yeah, Ragnar is still, like, just so angry about Uhtred, you know, choosing to go save Ethelfled and, and choosing to not march with him, um, that he does something that I actually... I was a fan. <laughs> yeah, Athelwald basically panics when he sees that Uhtred is leaving, um, because he really counted on him being on their side and not on the side of Wessex. And even though, you know, he said that he's going to go and help Athelfled, you know, it's having Uhtred on their side was a real boon, whether it was just to piss off their enemies or, you know, to disenhearten the men because he'd been with Saxons for so long. So for have him, to have him leave was a problem for Athelwald. So he freaks out and Ragnar beats the shit out of him. And it's it's very satisfying. I did not hate oh to see God. that happen. Well, okay, here's the thing. If you wanted... Utra to stay. Maybe you shouldn't have opened up your bitch mouth mm. and just started talking, you know, crap at the dinner table. <laughs> Maybe. And, you know, all of this could have been avoided. Mm. Um, you know, I, I feel like Ethelwald's gets a little I think here's the problem with Ethelwald. He's he's a very good schemer, but he gets a little too comfortable. Like when a scheme starts like playing out the way he wants it to, when when a plan of his is working, he gets a little too confident. Like, he gets sure. a little too comfortable. And he has forgotten that, sure, like, he's, like, put these events in motion, but you are not the one in power here. Like, right. And, and whether you get on that throne or not, like, these Danes are always going to be able to, like, hand you your ass and kill you whenever you want. And I think Athelwald kind of, like, comes to that realization um, with this beatdown uh, that he's, you know, he's... He's useful to a point, and right. that point is, like, you know, he sees the the point on the horizon where he's not going to be useful to these people, and they have no loyalty or love for him. So, you know, it's going to be easy to, like, put him in the ground if they need. And so well, but at the same the time, beat out of him. Right. But at the same time, I feel like for someone who's so good at manipulating, he's also very good at being manipulated. Like, it does not mm. take Knut very much at all to be like, hey, man... 
you're going to die soon. Ragnar's going to kill you. You should do something about that. Like, I feel like he should have seen that Canute was just getting him to sort of, like, do his dirty work at this point. Well, yeah, but I also feel like that dirty work, like, is beneficial to Ethelwald. Like, if it wasn't, if it was something that I think pushed Ethelwald to do something that wasn't in his best interest, I feel like maybe he would have been a little bit smarter about it. But, Mm -hmm. like, this, I mean, this guy just, like, beat the shit out of him. He probably, I mean, it seemed, I think, in Ethelwald's point of view, it probably seems like, okay, like, is anytime this guy, like, pissed off, is he going to, like, come for me? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter to Ethelwald who leads the Danes as long as they are led, you know, to Wessex so he can get that throne. Yeah. So I feel like if Canute is over here, you know, offering an olive branch and saying, you know, I, I agree with you, he shouldn't have let Uhtred go. It's like, okay, well, maybe this guy's, like, better to deal with because he's a little bit more reasonable, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like it, it all, like, works in Ethelwald's favor, and so it's easier for him to kind of listen to Canute, who is just the worst, and has already started, I mean, Ragnar hasn't, like, you know, been king of this army for, like, five minutes before he starts kind of undermining him. Cousin, you... Are our leader now? I am hungry for blood and battle! Nothing has changed. We've lost a handful of men and nothing more than that. He, um, he kind of aligns himself with Ethelwald and is like, that was weak of my cousin to let Uhtred go, because, you know, this guy has a real, like, stick up his ass about Uhtred anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, Ragnar is kind of, I think he's, he doesn't suspect that someone that close to him could betray him. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because you're, you know, you're pretty pissed off at Uhtred because you see that as a betrayal. So. Right. I like, I would be suspecting everyone at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Boy Ragnar. I, you know, I think Ragnar is really distracted at this point by a lot mm-hmm. of things and that kind of makes him vulnerable. Um, so yeah, Uhtred rides off and I really liked that little moment when, um, Bayaka and Tira are like, all right, we got to go this way. You guys got to go that way to Athelflaed. And Tira, you know, really reiterates to him that, you know, you are my brother and you always will be. I thought that was, I thought that was such a nice little contrast between her and Ragnar. Like she wasn't going to let Uhtred, you know, think that he was completely without family. And that was... A lovely little moment. Yeah, look, Tira's been through it, like, way more than any of this, these men will, like, ever understand. Yeah. So, like, all of this, like, petty, like, oh, you're not gonna, like, fight with me, bro? Like, that's, like, not for her. Like, she she knows the importance of family and of, like, that familial bond. Mm-hmm. And Uhtred, at the end of the day, it took him a while, but Uhtred came, came for her. And I think that is what matters the most to her. And so... Yeah, it was really sweet and lovely to see that at least one Ragnar son is still, like, on board with Uhtred. Yeah. As he goes off to save Ethelflaed. Um, and so, Bioka and, and Tira are heading back to, to Winchester. Which is which where... Which is where uh, Heston is, our favorite. You know, it's so, it's so crazy to me that just because he pretended to, like, do the religious switch that Alfred and... Athelswith trust him so implicitly like he's never given them a reason to like trust him that much like yeah he's brought them information and stuff like that but he he hasn't really earned this level of trust and then to compare that with Uhtred who didn't pretend to become a Christian and you know they hold him so accountable for that it's so frustrating it's so frustrating to me how how differently they treat Heston and how they treat Uhtred when Heston has done nothing to deserve it and Uhtred has done everything to deserve their reverence. You know what I mean? Mm, That is true. Thank you, Heston. Your loyalty to our agreement will not go unrewarded. Thank you, Lord. Lady. Yeah, it's so idiotic, and that's, like, what's the, that's the most frustrating part. It's, like, it makes no, like, rational, like, logical sense, mm. and 
I see Alfred as a dude that's like so like rational. Logical. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like that's he's just so smart about everything. So to be so stupid about this one thing, it, it's like it really makes me lose any respect for you and even for your religion because it's like, dude, like your your beliefs are just blinding you right to some very like real threats that surround you. And Heston is such a threat. It's crazy to think that this dude who like. Last season, I was like, oh, man, this guy, I can't wait till he dies, has become, like, such, like, a major player in this. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been able to, like, you know, kind of have a, a foot in both camps. And, sure. Um, so he's he's up at Dunholm, you know, kind of partying with the dudes and, and saying, sure, I'll, I'll follow you, Ragnar. And then he, he comes down um, to Winchester and tells Alfred, Everything that's happening at Dunholm tells them that Ethelwald's there, Uhtred's there, they're, you know, starting this great army, they're marching, um, and he's just, like, playing both sides, like, the mm. snake that he is. I And I think, for him, I mean, I don't see the end goal uh, other than getting Ethelfled. Like, I'm not really sure what he he wants other than Ethelfled. Yeah, it's, I think he ultimately is trying to create chaos for to benefit the Danes. But yeah, his his main focus is getting Athelflaed, killing Athelflaed, and getting his revenge for Siegfried and Eric. Yeah, so um, after Heston, you know, kind of uh, has a beer, uh, bros it out with Alfred, um, Alfred writes to Ethelred to, to join his army with Mercia so that they can fight the Danes. It's, you know, we've been here a thousand times, guys. Yeah. <laughs> It never ends. Right. Uh, and uh, and Uhtred heads to the nunnery, which is where our sweet little Ethelfled has been. These these cute, you know, nuns and the abbess have been, like, feeding her men who have, are just, like, the worst they, guards. You know, I said nice things about them last week because I was so pleased that they were so willing to follow Ethelfled. But, not last week, last episode, but they are just, like, getting wasted, eating these nuns out of house and home, and not particularly good at the whole guarding thing. So I don't know what their point is. I was very unimpressed. Um, but, yeah, so she's hiding out at this abbey in Winchelcombe, and um, Ucha shows up. It's very cute. I don't know. I like their whole vibe together. It's, like, you know, it's nice. Um, and yeah, it's a little humor. Like he, yeah. he it's like a little like, cause it's like, oh, Danes are in the kitchen. All of these like sweet, you know, um, godly women are like freaking out. They push the dinner table against the door and, and the abbess like poor thing is just like, oh, if you're a Christian, like you're going to go to hell for this. Like, <laughs> right. And then, then Uhtred <laughs> is like crouching like a gargoyle in the corner of the room. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. It's a good little moment. And, um. And it's so nice to, like, see... You just see, like, Athelflaed's relief. Yeah. Because she, she knew that Uhtred was going to come for her, but it's just like, ugh. There's still okay, that finally, feeling he's of, here. like, maybe. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so so they make it to, um, you know, where Athelflaed is, and it's it's all fun and games for a bit. The abbess does not like Uhtred. <laughs> it's very funny. I do not like him. I like her even less. Nor are you, hag. Look, she doesn't like Uhtred. She reads, um, you know, Skate, like, To filth. It's so good. Um, And the guys are are soups hungry. And you know what? They're eating them out of their winter store, and that is not okay. It's not okay. I get that you've come to save Ethelwood, but, like, have some fucking respect. These women have to live through winter. Right. Don't eat all of their food, please. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, while they're hanging out at the Abbey, um, we get another look back at the Danish camp and like, okay, we need to talk about Ragnar's priorities in this episode mm. because they are not good. Like he is talking with Canute about, you know, what they need to do and they need to send out riders ahead. And Canute is like, so are we going to tell Bloodhead the plan? He's like, you are. And then he goes off to Bona Random, which is just passing off important jobs like that to go and quote unquote get another son is just, mm. 
it's not good. It's not good leadership. He's got his eyes off the prize. And I just, you know, he says it's all about sons, but like those looks that he's giving these women, like that's not, I want to put a son in you. It's, I have a, you know, a boner and I want you to fix it. Good God. Yeah. I feel like, um, it's so weird to me, this whole kind of, uh, subplot like between Ragnar and Brita and Knut and and this kind of love triangle that happens because like <sighs> Ragnar and Brita are just so good together and we've seen like how strong they are together mm-hmm. and for all like I, I know it's been years I know we've had a time jump but um it's just weird like yeah, that he's so concerned. We're in the middle of battle. Like, we're about to go to war. Right. Like, you have an entire Dane army at your back. That's never happened before. Right. And your thought is, gotta go bang this, this like, woman, you know? Like, it's it's weird. It, it is weird. It doesn't make any sense to me logically. And I don't know if it's, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm, like, I don't know if it's, like, you know, his whole family, like, died, like, in an instant. So maybe that, like, fear of, like, the Ragnarsson line not living on, like, Mm -hmm. follows him. And especially in moments like this where it's like, we're about to go to war. I need to make sure, like, just one more son, you know. But it's like, it doesn't (sighs) matter. Like, if you're not there to, one, if you're not there to raise him, who who the fuck cares? Like, they're... They'll have the name and that's it. You know what I mean? It's like you're you became what you are because your dad was there to like raise you. Right. And two, it's like you have such a strong woman in Brita. Like, how could you do this to her? How can, and she just takes it and I hate that she feels like she has to do that, you know? Like she just mm-hmm. he's constantly humiliating her and it sucks and it makes me so mad. Um and yeah, it's a bad look for Ragnar and you know, Ra- uh, Knut sort of takes those seeds of dissension and really starts to sow them with blood hair and it's like alright like I'm here I'm ready to fight where's Ragnar off in his tent and so you know he's losing control of this really tenuous group um, and yeah they want to grow their armies together and force out Ragnar and Ragnar's you know too busy to notice that Ugh, Ragnar, like, come on, quit letting us down like this. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we also have this lovely little moment of Uhtred and Athelflaed <laughs> in the stables. The real danger you will face is from the Danes. They're marching as we speak. The great army, Heston is with them. He has not forgotten you. And I cannot protect you forever. We will not fight against the Danes. Alfred must protect you now. You are here. And I am glad of it. Like, I... I... Hey, horse girl! (laughs) Here's some content for you! (laughs) I just, like, I like... Whether whether it turns romantic or what, I like the vibe that Uhtred and Athelflaed have together. Like, Mm -hmm. she's really the only one who ever really gives him the respect that he deserves. And it's the same for her, too. Like, she's, you know, her father was, like, whatever, and her husband was awful, and, you know, Uhtred sees her as a valuable person, and she sees Uhtred as a valuable person. So I think that that mutual respect is such a it's such a rare thing for both of them that it's really, it's wonderful to see. It's a turn-on. I like it's it. It's a complete turn-on. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know, like, what's going to happen with them in the future. I mean, like, it feels like maybe they're setting that up, which I would not be mad at at all. Right. Um, because I think Uhtred will need, like, a strong woman. I He'll need someone as strong as Gisla was to, like, stand up to him. And I think Ethelflaed is that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they'd have a completely different relationship. But still, I feel like he needs he needs someone that's, like, pretty sure of themselves. And Ethelflaed is. He needs a partner. Um, he he needs a partner and so and you see that when they have this interaction like she she kind of takes control of it she's the one to kiss him she is the one who's like you know what's going on with you and this like weird chick you know with the dreads Gay's like, bad like, news <laughs> never trust a white girl with dreads get rid of her <laughs> like come on man are you voting this thing gross like yeah it's it's funny um but there's like real concern there you know like there's a bond there that they share 
And yeah, it's like such a beautiful moment. And then, of course, you know, Skate, Skate has comes to come in and ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. She comes in. She speaks in the third person. I'm so sick of Ugh. her. She kisses Uhtred. Uhtred is just like in the span of a couple of minutes. He's like getting it from all sides. So Uhtred has some decisions to make, I think. But yeah, Skate. I just, you know, all props to this actress for just really making me hate her. But I really hate her. I'm like, which is what you want in a villain. But I'm just, I'm ready for her to go. Dude, she, like, homegirl is, like, a broken record, man. It's all, like, I curse you. Come lie with me. If you won't, I'm going to curse you again. Like, But we just, we haven't. Jesus. And it's so <laughs> weird because we haven't really seen any indication that she's as powerful as she claims she is. Like, yeah. yeah what did she do? Right. Like, yeah, there was the little thing where Uhtred got sick, but that was because he had an uncleaned wound. You know what I mean? Like, there are explanations for this. That I just, I don't understand why she holds such power over these men. Because we haven't seen, maybe, you know, there was stuff that happened with blood hair before the show, you know, before the season started. But we haven't been given any real proof that she's as powerful and as valuable as she says she is on the show. And that is really frustrating to me. Yeah, like I'm not... I haven't even seen any, like, practical magic-level witchcraft from this woman. Right! There's been nothing. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Um, I think, again, it goes back to that that thing of belief and, like, there's... If you believe something has power over you, it does. You know what I mean? Whether, Whether that's, like, true or not, like, your belief in it makes it so. And so, um... Yeah, she's, like, kind of trying to get in with Uhtred any way she can. He's, like, kind of feeling it, kind of not. Like, he's not pushing her away, but he's also, like, wiping the taste of her off his mouth when right. she leaves. Right, Um. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so gross, guys. Like, this is not, I hope that they didn't think, like, these were, like, the thirsty moments to, like, carry us through because I, anytime I they're together. I think they were, like, but uh, I'm just not, I'm not a fan. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so Uhtred's dealing with that, and then we go back to Wessex, and Ugh, oh my god, Edward. Edward is just, he's such a child, like, he's so, like, easily manipulated, he's so, just so wishy-washy, like, he's all, I went to the church, and I prayed, and I still want to marry this girl, and then everybody's like, actually, that girl's gone to a nunnery, a lie. And they basically just manipulated him into agreeing to, like, marry who they want. They're like, you know what? If you don't marry this girl, then the Danes are going to win. Your children will be slaves and your girlfriend will be a Viking whore. So it's just he's so he's such a child. And this whole interaction where he's taken in by his parents and just used as a pawn so ultimately willingly that it's just it doesn't bode well for Wessex, I think, with Edward being so green. Yeah, it's it's very strange, too, because it's like, you know, um, this is the, the kid that, like, it has been groomed to take Alfred's place. So you would think, I know that, like, Aylesworth is like, ah, oh, boys will be boys. Like, he's Ugh. the apple of my eye. Yeah. Um, But you would think Alfred would be a little bit more strict with him and would have kind of imparted a bit more wisdom and like, really helped to shape him to be a leader, and it feels like Edward has gotten all of the bad traits of Alfred, which is, like, basically his, like, horn-dogging, and none of the kind of, you know, ability to think ahead and to think long-term and to think bigger picture and, like, that that want to do that. Yeah. And so it's like, what, Alfred, like, what have you been doing? Because it's not, like, been parenting, like, well, you know? I think... Poor Edward has maybe, like, fallen to the wayside with all of the, the other things that Alfred has been thinking of when it comes to, like, uniting England. And now we're realizing that, hey, like, maybe we should have done a better job with this kid. Well, and, you know, Alfred is, you know, I feel like in every new episode he looks sicker and older and he's, you know, he's... He's those eyes like I know into the skull. (laughs) I know they do such a good job of like making him lose vibrancy, like a 
emotional <laughs> vampire. But yeah, so so like this Lord Athelhelm, another Athel to keep track of. Um, such a dickhead rocks up to Winchester and is like, "Hey, I'm here." And they're like, "Actually, the you know the castle's under repair, so you're gonna stay at the ale house, which does not go over well." But Alfred really does not want to be seen as sickly for anyone, especially not someone he's trying to make this important alliance with. So. Yeah, it's messy. Yeah, it's pro- it's better to to insult them and send them to an alehouse than to see him like um, part ways with his breakfast every morning. I guess right. Um, and Ethelhelm is a, is a very it's a, he's a key player. Like he's a dick, but he's got money. He's got men. Right. They want to make this alliance. They want to marry their kids off, um, so that they have even more kind of power to face the Danes with. So we've got to put up with, with, you know, his level of assholery um, while he's here. And while all of this is going on, you know, the Saxons are kind of getting ready. Um, So are the Danes. Mm. And specifically, um, Canute and Ethelwald, they're kind of alliance is growing. Ethelwald is um, like, you know, shit in his pants because he just thinks, you know, Ragnar's going to kill him any day. That's it's what Canute f- keeps telling right. him. Right, he keeps telling him, all right, he's going to kill you soon. And with such glee, like, I would, I mean, like, Athelwald sucks and I hate him, but I would also probably start to be feeling it a little bit, little, mm-hmm. yeah. little pressure. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, it's uh, it's a mess. But, yeah, Canute. It's a mess. It's just this whole episode, everybody is so messy. Um, it's so messy, and it's also, like, if we talk about how the episode is, like, edited, it's uh, it's very back and forth. Like, we're in Winchester, then we're with the Danes, then we're with Ethelflaed, then we're back to the Danes, then we're in Win- Winchester. It's, like, it, it's so chaotic, yeah. and I feel like that adds to it, because we never, like, stick with anyone too long, so right. you can't, like, get settled. And, um, yeah, there's a very, like, unsettling feeling of watching... Like, things go to shit in each of these camps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get, like, that quick, you know, little check-in in Mercia where Aldhelm, you know, advises Athelred to join Alfred, and he's not happy about that, but they agree that it's the only way to preserve Mercia. And Athelred is all, you know, with luck, the right people shall die in battle. And I'm like, man, just, mm-hmm. like... Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. Dude. Hopefully one of them That's is you. you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, but you're right. You're 100% correct on the feeling of chaos. Um, you know, we go back to the nunnery where Athelflaed is hiding and Heston shows up with his men and they are looking for Athelflaed and Athelflaed alone. If, if it is ourselves you want, our lives, I ask you, why? Athelflaed! <laughs> Ethelfled, Ethelfled, Ethelfled. How many times do I have to say that stupid name? What I want is Ethelfled. Um, they kill her guards. They kill the abbess. Like, ugh, she goes out, you know. Uhtred, oh, she puts up such a good fight. She puts such a good fight. And I, I was a little frustrated that Uhtred basically sent her out as bait, though. Well, look, she said she didn't like him, so he's got, like, no qualms. That's true. <laughs> That's true. No love lost. But they, you know, he hides his men in the, you know, in the nunnery so they can kind of get a jump on Heston. They, the, the abbess goes out to, you know, scream curses at him. It's pretty great. And then they spear her through the belly, and that is Ugh. a lot less great. Um, but, yeah, like, Heston is so single-minded in what he wants. He wants revenge. He wants, you know, he wants to kill Athelflaed. And it really, it's it's a lot. And so, um, you know, eventually Uhtred and his men go out. It, they kill a few of them. Or actually, no, not they don't go out at this point. Heston's men come into the abbey and they kill mm-hmm. a bunch of them. Um, and it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good fight. And but it doesn't quite go as well as Uhtred would have wanted to, and they get sort of trapped in the nunnery. Like, the um, the Danes, they block all the doors except for the front one, and then they post up at the front door to kind of wait them out. Um, but, yeah, it's not a great position to be in. Everybody's afraid they're going to set it on fire. Uhtred is like, no, he wants out the flood. He's not going to kill us all right now, but um, we need to come up with a plan. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? This whole, like, siege would have been a little less intimidating if the dudes hadn't eaten through the winter store. Right. Like, again. Right. These, <laughs> these nuns were just minding their own business, and you come and eat them out of house and home and get the abbess killed. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And now you're under siege by these days. Like, yeah. nothing has gone right. Um, yeah, so Hessen is, H- Hessen is so extra. So extra. He's not, he's not completely stupid. He knows no. that he just has to wait him out. Um, and Utra knows that too. Like eventually they're going to have to, to make some kind of agreement and it's not up for discussion that Ethelflaed is going to be handed over. Right. So the next best thing is to hand over another pretty girl. By um, Skade. Which happens to see Skade and I'm totally fine with that. Normally I would not be okay with like. Interchangeable so women. Like blase. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be okay with that. But. For Skade, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Uhtred, there, his moment with Skade where he's like, all right, I need to use you as a bargaining chip, but I promise I'll come save you. You know, it's it's a testament to, you know, Uhtred's kindness, I think, in that he's, you know, nice to her at all. But also, like, I don't like it that I feel like he's, you know, kind of playing into what skate's all about you know like he's like if you let me trade you i'll save you and then i'll fuck you and i'm just like utrid be better than this (laughs) so gross i mean like why i yeah i don't like it it's like at that point i would be like oh okay here's my chance to get rid of this girl you know i know but but he he still believes in that curse though like that's the thing and so he agrees, you know, she agrees, but she's like, but also I'm going to curse you until you come and save me again. So your life is not Two your curses. own. So many curses. <laughs> oh, my God. Who um, knew you could cast so many curses on one person? A lot. It seems like a overkill. lot of curses. Like if you were so good at curses, wouldn't one just do the trick? But, you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm no like curse expert. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a lot of Buffy, but I still don't know how to throw them myself. Um, but yeah, so Skade's gone, Heston's gone, you know, they're free to go. Cedric is all spooky about it, and he's like, this is bad. This is not good that, like, he's cursed <laughs> again. Poor Cedric. Cedric, like, doesn't say much. So when he does say something. I was like, like oh, all right. Hello, Cedric. Oh, but, yeah, but also I'm like, so so he tells Uhtred, he's like, um, your life is not your own. Yeah. And it's like. So this is what he's been thinking the whole time. I just feel like he stews in his anxiety and doesn't say anything. Yeah. And I connect with that so much. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Like, you know, Finnan's over here, like, just mouthing off at every opportunity. I feel like Citric is, like, the quiet, like, introspective Bruder. one. Yes. He's like, yeah, he's got all of these, like, worries that he just bottles up. But And then when they when sometimes. they come out, you're like, oh, yikes, dude. God. <laughs> It's it's dark in there in that mind of right yours. right but yeah. yeah it isn't good right now because Athelwald kind of gets oh. drunk gets his courage and when Ragnar is off you know get it on with yet another random girl. I was thinking that perhaps I should kill him first. How would you kill him? When he's asleep, of course. I'm not going to fight him. When? Soon. Sooner than he kills me. Tonight. Tonight. Um, Athelwald kills him. He stabs the girl. He stabs Ragnar. He dies without a sword in his bed. It's so bloody. It's so awful. And then he kind of, like, assembles the room like a crime scene so it looks like the girl killed Ragnar and then herself. And it's just, ugh. It's so awful. And, you know, I feel like they kind of I feel like they kind of wanted to make us mad at Ragnar. So it hurt a little less that he died because, you know, all this stuff with the women is just it feels so out of left field. They're like, all right, we're going to kill him off, but we're going to make it a little bit easier on you because you're going to be super mad at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, I appreciate the gesture. (laughs) Sure. Um, Because I'm not like I'm not like beside myself. Like when Leo first shot, I was like, oh, this is the worst, you know, like. Ragnar dying is the worst thing to ever happen on this show, and yet I am, like, I am still a little annoyed with him, because it's like, right. if if you had had Brita in your bed, you know what I mean? If you had been she focused on She would have killed Athelwald, yeah, right. exactly. So it's like, 
yeah, there is that that bit of resentment that still lingers um, even after this terrible death that he has. And, and Ethelwald is just such an asshole about it, and he doesn't like. He's such a coward about such it a too. Coward. Doesn't let him have his sword. Oh, that is like. It's like adding insult to injury to be killed in your bed by someone like Athelwald when you're a Viking warrior. Right. Especially when you're Ragnar. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't just any random Viking warrior. It's Ragnar, son of Earl Ragnar. He deserved a warrior's death, and he didn't get one. Yeah, it's pretty painful. And so that's kind of where we end. And, oh, God. it's I know. Poor Brita. I mean, the show... <sighs> Just puts her through the ringer and... Rita deserves more all the time. That should be the tagline of this show. Yeah. Just a couple of Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. <laughs> Rita deserves better. She deserves <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Alright guys, so now it's time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, you want to go first? Yeah, so basically there are too many assholes running around <laughs> right now, and I would like to see a we couple need a of new them plague, as, Please. as Dwight would say. <laughs> to quote the office, we need a new plague. <laughs> Um, I mean, honestly, it's like, take your pick. You know, you've got Hessen, you've got Skade, you've got Canute, Athelwald, Athelred. Everybody sucks. There are too many assholes. And I'm ready. I'm ready for somebody to get their comeuppance. I just, I need it. Um, and I'm really ready for war to actually come. Like, there's been so much talk about it, and I appreciate seeing all the lead up. But, like, the last couple of episodes, there's been a lot of talking and not a lot of stabbing. And I'm ready for that confrontation to come between Alfred and the Danes. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm having a trouble, I'm having trouble envisioning a future without Ragnar, so the only thing I really wish for is, um, a fiery, torturous death for Canute and Bloodhair, and especially Ethelwald. Yep. Um, you know, stick spikes in the dude's eyes, cut out his tongue, feed him his own genitals, I don't care. Dark. Just, just make it painful (laughs) and nightmarish. This is what The Last Kingdom does to you. It makes you think of ways that you could kill your enemies, like, the worst ways possible. Um. Yeah. So whatever way any one of you are thinking, yeah, that's the way he should go. And Right, do it. It's what he deserves. And yeah, I agree. I want to see some action. I feel like we've been scheming a lot and the scheming is getting on my nerves. So let's just like, <laughs> let's just bang it out. Like fight. Come yeah, on. Stick some swords into some bellies. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Who is your Arsling this time around? All right. Pour one out for the Abbess. Um, uh, we had her for such a brief time, but I loved her so much. She made an impression. She's a strong woman. Uh, she did not like our boy Uhtred. She didn't like Skade, which I was totally behind with that. Um, and she skewered Heston and his savage ways and cursed him um, with, you know, all of her, her Christian power. And I'm... I, you know, I don't like necessarily, I wouldn't have liked her normally, but I really liked how she went out and the fact that she's like, this is my house, this is my responsibility, like, I'm going to step up and, like, take care of these people, like, I just really respected that and appreciated that, um, and you have to stand a woman, you know, with the courage to face down 40 ugly Danes in just her habit and a cross, like, that's, that's boss. She was tough. I loved her. Um, I'm actually going to go with Uhtred this week, or this episode. You know, it's been a while since he's been my arsling, I think. But I feel like he deserves a little bit of credit in this episode. Like, he handles himself with honor. 
after such a devastating blow of breaking with Ragnar. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he's dealing with it, and he's still, you know, putting his men first, putting Athelflaed first, and, like, really being a leader. And honestly, part of me kind of thinks that he's kind of relishing being a man without an affiliation. You know, like, this could be a wrong, this could be a wrong read, but, like, not being beholden to either side has got to be kind of a nice break. Like, when's you know? the last time we saw him without an oath sworn? You know what I mean? Like, like episode three of the first season, oh, maybe. My God. Like, yeah. He kind of just gets, yeah, like, he kind of just gets to be his own man right now. And while, like, obviously he's going to have to pick a side, he's kind of a free agent. And you know what? After all that angst over which side he's going to choose, he deserves a little bit of a break. Look, I can tell you, I think we both can relate to this, you know, as someone who once worked a nine to five and now free I freelance all the time. There is, you know, a lawless kind of <laughs> um, freedom <laughs> in not like having to follow the rules like of any one person. Like when you're Utrecht is a freelancer he's now. A freelancer, he's gonna yeah. make his own hours and be his own boss. You so. know what? There's no healthcare, <laughs> but there are naps. <laughs> right. There you go, Utrid. All right, guys, get ready to shame none, the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, I mean, I shouldn't have to ask, but... It's Athelwald. (laughs) (laughs) We know who it is. You know, we hate him. It's Athelwald. You know, he really, like, he fancies himself such a master manipulator, but he really takes the cowardly way out with Ragnar. You know, like, he's so, you know... Canute puts him up to it pretty easily and he's you know next thing you know it he's stabbing him when he's vulnerable and that's just it's unforgivable but I also kind of want to say the writers of this episode are are turds because Ooh. um spoiler alert Ragnar does not die like this in the books um he lived to be an old man he was not dying sad and horny at the hand of Athelwald and so Ugh, I want to know I know I want to know why they made this choice because why would you get rid of Ragnar when you didn't have to get rid of Ragnar. We demand answers or we will Give us answers, in the please. <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, it's Avawald by technicality. Okay, but like also writers like like figure Why? shit out. Um, Why? <laughs> we love you, but god damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a toss up for me. I think Heston carried the title for most of this episode. Like, understandable. You know, holding a group of nuns hostage and sacrificing your men for your own petty revenge, like, against a woman, not a good look. Um, but I think Ethelwald's kind of like cowardly killing of Ragnar is probably the worst thing I've ever seen on this show. And as- that's probably right. Like, we've seen a lot of bad stuff, but like, that was a brutal death for a felt- beloved yeah. character at the hands of a coward. So that just makes it extra worse. Yeah, it's like three strikes. It's like hitting every every nail. Like, it's it's pretty awful. And despite, you know, his whoring and his kind of inability to focus on the task at hand. He's um, still Ragnar. Yeah. He's and, still Ragnar. And no one, I mean... I wouldn't wor- wish that kind of death at Ethelwald's hands on my mm. worst enemy. Like, right. I, I wish not it someone on you Ethelwald. actually like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So, ugh, just yeah. As you said, so many assholes. Um. And that like really pisses me off about the books. Like, I'm yeah, very yeah. Upset now. <laughs> yeah, he didn't actually die like that. You know what? This is why I don't read the books because <laughs> I get I get so much more emotional upset than I already am. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. I'm still feeling a little parched. Oh my god, I'm so parched after this episode. You know, I enjoyed Ethelflaed and Uhtred's kind of, like, you know, horse stable hookup, um... It was brief, but I think it hints at things to come, which is, like, yeah, nice and, um... I love a slow burn. Something to look forward to, I guess. Right. I think also there's something about Uhtred kind of sitting up on a rafter, teasing, like, a bunch of nuns that's, like, oddly appealing. Very cute. We all love a bad boy, and Uhtred was throwing off major bad boy vibes this episode, so I'm, I'm down for that. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, now that he's a man without an army, like, Uhtred is really, you know, putting out those devil-may-care vibes. And I'm super into it. Um, And like you said, like, I really do like the romantic tension that's kind of building with Uhtred and Athelflaed, though. You know, they're not really rushing into it because, you know, Gisela's body is barely cold. Mm. Um, But their vibe, it feels really believable, especially, like, compared to, like, the forced, you know, faux sexiness of Uhtred and Skade. Um I don't know. I think it could be an interesting romance because, like, they've both already had and lost their true love. You know, like, she had Eric, he had Gisela. So they've they've had that big, you know, seismic relationship for them. Mm-hmm. But I think that sort of brings an emotional wisdom to this. And so, I don't know. I think they could be really good for each other in that they've been around the block before. They're not expecting, you know, they're not expecting like butterflies in the stomach and fireworks wherever you go like they're looking for something that feels safe and Mm -hmm. feels like a partnership and so i don't know i'm into it so it's more romance than thirst this episode but like i like how they're laying the foundation for it look i'll take what i can get um yeah god after what happened to ragnar like any little thing helps any nice thing is welcome (laughs) All right, guys, I think it's safe to say that we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. Alyssa, what are you geeking out over? Um, Okay, I just watched um, Daniel Sloss's HBO special. Have you seen it? I have not. Is it good? Okay. It's well, it's in so your geek good. out, so it better be It's so good. good. <laughs> it's so good. Have you seen his Netflix specials? No. Okay, you got to look up Daniel Sloss. He's okay. a Scottish comedian, and he's so good. Like, he basically, in this one, um, his new one for HBO, it's called X. And he talks about, he, like, makes a joke, and he's like, all right, so basically when you come to one of my comedy shows, you're going to get 75 minutes of comedy, and it's going to be very funny, but also you're going to have to sit through 15 minutes of an intense TED Talk. Ooh. Because at the end of every one, he talks about something serious in a way that, like, I don't know, like, his first Netflix special Dark he talks about how his sister had cerebral palsy and she died when he was eight so he really grapples with death Mm. and then in the next one um, Jigsaw he talks about how it's it's one where he's been he's sort of had like this moment of pride where he's like so many couples have broken up after watching my Netflix special and when it was like on a tour because basically he talks about you know um don't try and force a relationship just to have one. You're, it's okay to not have one. Um, and then in the new one, which I honestly think might be the best one yet, the one that he just did for HBO, it just came out this week. Um, like, it's re- it's so funny. Like, he's so funny. He does a really good job of setting up a joke. But he also, he sort of takes on rape culture at the end of this one. Mm. And he does it in such a way that, like, it's so good. And I've, I haven't really seen a man talk about it like that in a way that sort of challenges his fellow men to be better. Um, but, yeah, it's I feel like I haven't done a good job of, like, expressing how, like, f- goddamn funny it is. No, and you, he is. You but, yeah, go comedian. watch. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Go watch his HBO special. Go watch his Netflix specials. Daniel Sloss, he's amazing. Also, I have to say, I'm like, I looked up like who he is, and um, he's really pretty, guys. So like, go like look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a lot of really good things to say. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty and he's funny. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go watch it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I smart. Love so a good, good comedy special, Rex. So that's great. Um. So mine is going to be. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, good, good, good. Um, <laughs> the trailer for, okay, for Vanessa Hudgens' new Christmas movie on Netflix, The Night Before yes. Christmas, came out yesterday. Time Traveling Night. Oh, my God. So okay. good. So, like. <laughs> listen. I'm sorry. Listen. I can't even I would, about this without, like, like, laughing at myself. I would watch a Vanessa Hudgens Netflix movie every day of my life. Like, I loved the princess one that she was in. Oh, my God. So that, it was so it was so dumb but i was like this is perfect and also the, the idea that the one? fact the baking one yes it was so bad but it was everything i want in a everything. cheesy netflix movie and they're making another one where there's going to be a third vanessa hudgens lookalike which is just insane yeah. i can't wait i'm, I'm but so yeah. excited um but yeah i also saw this trailer it was wild 
Yeah, he's so. Yeah, the the gist is like it's like Kate and Leopold. It's like this this knight yeah. like comes back. He time travels. He's like stuck in modern times, and she has to help him like figure it out. You know. Um, yeah. So you know, basic. You, we've seen this before. Um, he looks so. It looks so. And oh awful, god! And it's, it's also everything so my you shit. want. <laughs> exactly, it's everything. You know what we talked about? Comfort movies and television, cheesy Netflix movies. 100% the mashed potatoes of film. Like, I just want to eat a bowl of it. Pour that gravy and- on. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah it's it's going to be so bad, and but here's so the, good. Here's the thing about these movies, and, you know, other movies, not just, like, ne- Netflix, like, holiday movies, but there are movies. No, 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 like the, 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 like, the hallmark genre yeah, of there's, romance. I'm not, like, such a cinema snob that, like, I can't appreciate a movie that's, like, it's not meant to be good. It's not very good. But it's meant to make you feel. Yeah, it's meant to make you feel. It's meant to be just enjoyable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. Do- yeah. Not all movies have to like have this like intense message or these like amazing like you know little bits that you find out later or like have to you know have method actors in them or something like it sometimes it can I, just be silly and fun and you can like that and um, right that's, yeah that's I'm a what big these movies are. Right. I'm a big believer in that a movie doesn't have to be, like, capital I important to be worth watching. Exactly. Um, sometimes you just need a little fluff, and this looks like it's going to be high-quality fluff. Oh, my God, guys. It's going to be so fucking good. I cannot wait for this. I just I <laughs> love Christmas movies. Ah, okay, Me too. Yeah. All right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all bitches.